The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From the Philadelphia Eagles to the Kansas City Chiefs, a former University of Alabama standout, once known as the Mighty Mouse, number 29, Mark McMillan, and also we have Mr. B.N.E., the man in the middle, from the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Byron Evans. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters, put them up, tighten up, we some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans, we give you provision to tune in every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving, if these sports are feeling, we're bringing the cutting edge. What the sports season, Philly's alone, show them how it's done, we're on, forceamericasports.com. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is not Mark McMillan and B&E. You're listening to Jay and Gabe today on Hard Hitting Radio. How you doing over there, Gabe? Not too shabby, you know. Just kind of leaning back, feet on the desk. You you know what? There's there's nothing wrong with a day like that. Nothing wrong with a day like that. We got a a busy night tonight, so we got to kind of mentally mentally prepare ourselves. In case you don't remember from last week, Gabe is... uh, one of my boys, he works in sports. He also um, is one of the main bartenders at Wild Night Club in Scottsdale. And uh, we had a pretty crazy, we talked about it a lot with Mega Man. We had a pretty crazy week. He was, man, he really wanted to know about what was going on. I don't blame him. Uh, unfortunately, you weren't able to attend. No, um, no, no. You know, when, when people hear, uh, you know, uh, Big expectations. Everybody thinks that that people are just blowing smoke. Um, we talked about it big time. We we blew it up, um, and still the, the talk didn't compare to what that night was. That night was absolutely bananas. You know uh, how 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 fitting. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't go. I my foot just kept getting worse and worse throughout the week, and by the time. Between the Suns game, the ASU spring game, and the Diamondbacks, I just couldn't walk anymore. And my whole premise on not going to Wet Electric was my girls could handle it. I don't need to be there. And I'll see Dada Life at Wild Night. Yeah, that didn't work out. So I saw the pictures. I've seen videos. It doesn't do it justice. It had to be the most insane night there ever. Uh, It's it's up there top three. Um, Alesso. Oh, yeah, Alesso. That was the Uh, night we had all the guys uh, in from ESPN Road Trip, Drubner and Nicky Noto in them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was a, that, that was a was great night. night. And then probably uh, the Skrillex, huh? Yeah, Skrillex was was pretty insane as well. Um, but the data line, I mean, just the energy that they bring, and and uh, I mean, it was they went hard the whole the whole time, and and, and Scott still uh, lived up to it. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. When you know, I had a chance to actually look up. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say, do you even have a chance to look up and see anything? <laughs> it's one normally when when we have big DJs. Um, you just kind of get caught up with with taking care of of all our guests, but there was so much energy there you couldn't help but realize just how everybody was just going off. It was a really fun night. Well, 
Well, I know it was a kind of combination of you had the people that were still partying from the daytime party and the people Correct. that were like, okay, I'm not going to go to that. I'm just going to rage at night. And the two worlds collided, <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm mad I missed it. But I ended up, I went to the doctor Monday morning. Plantar fasciitis. Are you kidding me? That's right. I know. Like a freaking aging center. Yeah, I guess I'm not playing in the playoffs. <laughs> no, but you know, I did it. So. I did. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, I did all the things I needed to do. Feel a little bit better, so I'll be I'll be rounding about. I got to change all my shoes though. I got to get different arch support and all that crap. So ah. eh, nothing wrong with buying a couple new pairs of New Balance here and there. Yeah, that's true. So um, as you all can tell, Mark McMillan is not here. He is currently on his way to Alabama. And he is going to be doing the junior rank uh, camp down there, I think it's uh, either in Birmingham or Tuscaloosa. So, you know, of course, he's going down to his alma mater. He's going to check that out, have some fun. Um, And that place just produces players. As as we saw yesterday. Yes, as we saw yesterday, yes. Yes. Um, Who? Okay, so uh, uh, Trent Richardson went first. Right. Then uh, after Richardson was Mark Barron. Mark then um, not Hightower, the other one. Or wait, no, Hightower was, uh, went, and then uh, Kirk and then Kirkpatrick. Yeah, that's right. Right. I was a little bit surprised that Upshaw fell out of the first round. You know, there was uh, as I was hearing this morning. I guess there was some last minute um, kind of negative feedback that that was getting around. Really? And uh, yeah, it it seemed that uh, well, he had a uh, a domestic. Um, assault uh, about two years ago that I guess kind of got swept under the rug. Charges weren't pressed, right? Um, and nothing had been heard over the past few weeks. But then I guess the last few days, I guess there are some rumblings of, of you know, questioning his character and all. And and you know, come look you know, at it. Like it affected him yesterday. You know, the way I kind of look at that, I mean, it's two years ago. It never surfaced. There were no per- charges pressed. And now people are bringing this up. The kid hasn't been in trouble for a long time, you know. Just right. There, sometimes there's too much media. I think. I will say this though. There's. Um, but we do know they're thorough. There's a perception that uh, that Nick Saban um, tends to not blow smoke up uh, up the uh, scouts' rears there with with his review of his guys, and, and so he'll, ah, he'll be true. honest. So they're saying that. Uh, you know, it's, it, they'd love to find out what uh, what Nick Saban actually said to the scouts about his own guy. You know, just how honest he was. Yeah, I would like to, I would like to see that too. I definitely would. And you know, they had it, it, it's kind of funny that it was like that because Drake Kirkpatrick had his own incident right after the national championship game. Yeah. You know, yeah, he was absolutely. pulled over and arrested with uh, allegedly had some marijuana on him and you know stuff like that. A couple other players came through with a little marijuana mm-hmm. things going on. Mister Vontae's perfect. Oh boy! You know, just, don't worry, don't worry about hearing his name tonight. Tomorrow, you'll probably hear his name in about a week when when they're signing all the rookies to the uh, undrafted rookies to to the camps and, and see if somebody can. I have never, and I, and I tried to think about this. I don't think I've ever seen a player fall from the spot that he was in come yeah. spring football last year. Spring football last year, they were talking about him being a possible top 10 pick. There, there's two names, and only two names that I can think of in the history, or at least how, as long as I've been watching college football, that have had as deep of a fall from grace. That's Maurice Claret and Dante. Oh, yeah. Well, at least Claret still went in the third round. 
Yeah, well, Shanahan for some reason. Yeah, he, Shanahan shocked everybody when when he reached up to, to that grab That was him. brilliant. But yeah, I mean, I mean, he he was top ten pick going into spring, going into the season. They said, okay, you know, he's probably going to be top fifteen. By the time the season was over, it's like, man, he might fall out of the first round. And then after the combine, you know, it's like, wow, he might not go till fourth, fifth round. Now, you know. Uh, you know, and he's he had the article that just came out on in ESPN the magazine, right. and he's doing these interviews now. And you know, in the article, it's got a picture of him holding his chihuahuas, looking all you know serene, and you know, and I think it's a, too little, too late. Yeah, no, he, he's um, he is so full of himself; he's not even aware of where he is and the damage that he's done to himself. I, I agree. From that article, that's what it seems like: yeah. is he's just he's not. Whoever is around him giving advice, and I'm sure they're here in Arizona, and if you're listening, you're an idiot. Yeah. Because you have given him the worst advice possible. But Burfecht loves himself some Burfecht. Well, yeah, he, defi- he definitely does. Uh, just dark to, to what the real perception of him is and, and just the damage that he's done. It's, it's shocking. I remember when he was coming out of high school out of uh, Corona Centennial in Southern California, um, you know, it, it was a big deal that ASU got him. They, cause he, yeah. he was a lock. We had already had two players from Centennial. Granted, there were, there were some things where, you know, I'm sure grades came into, into right. effect or whatever, but it was still, you know, he was a five-star stud, the top linebacker in the country. Uh, he was a can't-miss guy, you know. But uh, that just goes to show you was, just how the uh, how important the college developmental process is. Just because you were studying in high school, um, doesn't mean you can kind of coast through college, uh, you know, and, and still have a, a successful NFL career. One hundred percent, and it shows you that there there really isn't a can't miss prospect. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. talent will only go so far. Well, you got to have a good head on your shoulders, and you know, for the time for the time being, it does not appear that he does. Maybe maybe. Maybe not getting drafted will wake him up, but he could be one of those guys. He even said in the article, he's like, well, if I don't get drafted, maybe I'll just go back to school or I'll go play arena football. What? You're going to go play arena football? You're not going to try and get on as a free agent or, you know. So I, I, I still think his head is just, it's just not where it should be. And I don't, I don't know that he's, if he's aware of the pay level difference between arena. <laughs> And NFL. <laughs> yeah, he may he may not know the difference between that, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know what? Let's let's move on to the actual players that did get picked, mm-hmm. and you know, let's just nothing. I said on my on the out of bounds show that you know we know what's going on at one or two. These are what this is what I think could go on through to fifteen, and the one thing that could blow it up is Minnesota. Doing, yeah. making a trade, or do, and that's exactly what happened. It did, and the trickle effect from there was was uh, was really interesting to watch. Yeah, it, it wasn't, and I had and I had said on the show that this is one of those drafts that anything can happen, and any you know anything did happen. Obviously, Andrew Luck, you know, was there any really any doubt that the Colts were going to take him? Even when no. they took told, said earlier in the week they were going to draft him, it was like, yeah, we know that. You know, you're not you're he not was going number one. The last 365 days. Exactly, exactly. And you know, RG3 goes to Washington, and it's funny because before the draft, uh, the NFL Network had a poll on who was going to be the better pro, Andrew Luck or RG3. And it amazed me 
because it's by the time the draft came, it was 65% in favor of RG3. Now, yeah. I'm a football guy, and I watch a lot of college football, and I watch guys graduate and do what they do, and I'm sitting there. People get caught up into hype so much. Yeah. I'm looking at these two quarterbacks going, Andrew Luck, if he stays healthy and they get the right players around him, Andrew Luck is the next next Peyton Manning. He is the next Tom Brady. I'm no, looking I, at RG3, and I'm I think he is going to be a great talent. I think agreed, but he he's not a finished product. He is not he, polished he, at all. He doesn't have the ceiling that Luck has. I mean, Luck, it, all those comparisons to to Elway and Manning that come out with Luck, uh, they're very real. Yeah, they're there for a reason. People don't just throw those names out. From the physical tools to the ability to, to read a field and, and uh, you know and manipulate a defense, um, it, those are one in a generation yes. type guys. Yes. Now, I think RG three has the tools, and I think that he can be a great quarterback. But I still think you just don't you can't throw that title on him that he's in the same category as Andrew Luck in my mm-hmm. eyes. And you and I, we watch Pac twelve football. Right. And I watch a lot of Big 12 football, so I've been watching RG3 play since he was a freshman. You know, and it's, to me, they're night and day as far as NFL-style quarterbacks. Now, oh, RG3, he, he, he brings some things to the table that you're not going to get from Andrew Luck. I mean, oh, RG3's yeah. gun is ridiculous. His, his speed, he's a yeah. burner. He, he, he runs track. Yeah, and it's not... You know, some people try to compare him to Michael Vick, except for the differences. RG3 is kind of a – he's not a running quarterback. No. He's not thinking run first. I mean, the dude passed for almost 10,000 yards. And, and he's throwing the ball downfield with accuracy. Very, very well. I mean, last last year he completed 76% of his passes. Absolutely. There, he uh, – what was the streak where he at one point had more touchdowns than incompletions, was it? Yes, yes, that was actually true. You know, and, and that, was, that was like through the fourth week of the season. That's yes. unheard of. Yeah, I mean, for his last two years, he's thrown 77 touchdowns and only 17 interceptions. He's a smart quarterback. I've Absolutely. Li- that's the one thing that I do give him, and I see a lot of his success coming from. I watched him in his show that in the half hour he did with Gruden. Yes. Um, the dude is probably one of the smarter guys that I have seen coming out at that position. And he you could you could just sit back and that's where you see that this guy's gonna make it. But I still I think Andrew Luck is just it's like they said last year and the year before and this year. Andrew Luck and you just said he's a once in a generation type guy. Yeah. You know, I know everybody likes to get the hype up and you know, but I, I'm I'm telling fantasy people this year, draft RG3. Not as a starter, but if you want to get a backup, he might be the guy over Andrew Luck. You know, because I think that RG3 is going to have a better season this year because he's got more tools around him. Absolutely true. I mean, that that team is, uh, it's got more to offer than the Colts who are are just starting their, their rebuilding effort. Well, you know, definitely, and I think that Andrew Luck is going into the same situation that kind of Peyton Manning was when he went into Indianapolis, you know? So yeah. I think I think you're going to see a lot of similarities with their uh, 
with with how their careers start out and how they go. And I I'm really looking forward to watching both of these guys develop in the NFL. You know, and if you, if you look back to to Peyton Manning, his first season uh, statistically was a mess. Oh it, yeah, it was interceptions left and right. Did he st- how? How, how long did he have Marshall Falk with him? Uh, not very. Now it maybe only was that one year, possibly. Yeah, because yeah, because the Rams started making their run in '98 with Marshall. Yeah, and Payton was there in '97. So yeah, yeah, and, and well, that's one thing Andrew Luck doesn't have. He has nobody there. He doesn't have anybody like that. You know, he's got Reggie Wayne. There's no, you know, there's no Dallas Clark. There's no Jacob Tammy. Um, there's no Antonio Gonzalez. I guess you got Blair White. Um, I fu- I fully expect the Colts to go out and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt if their first pick in the second round is a Reuben Randall or a Stephen Gilmore. There's a lot of of interesting receivers still left on the board, and, and we'll get into why um, I'm sure in a bit. But uh, you know they they need to surround him with talent, especially at the receiver position. Right. And there are guys with very good ceilings left here in day two. You know, I, I was I was surprised that Gilmore made it out of the first round, or not Gilmore uh, Hill was it the, from yeah, Georgia Tech? You know, from Georgia Tech. You know, I thought I thought he was going to go towards that last part of the first round. So, but yeah, when 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 we'll definitely talk about why there's a lot of receivers there. This second round, I think the second round is going to be just as interesting as the first round. Absolutely, there's there's a lot of good value guys left here starting off. You got the Cordy Glenn, the offensive tackle from, yep. from Georgia. You got Upshaw, who, who we discussed, and, and his mysterious fall. Uh, you got Janoris Jenkins, who's, who's probably a, a top ten talent, but I probably uh, you know a seventh round head on him. So it, it'll be interesting to see if somebody reaches up for him. You got Hill, <laughs> excuse me, Alshon Jeffrey, Ruben um, Randall. Like you said, there, there's a lot of talent still out there. There is Levante there is. David, the linebacker from, from Nebraska. Nebraska. Yep, there is. Well, and I'll tell you what, when we come, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back from break, we're going to get back into this draft and we're going to talk about why some of these players are still here and the 9 million trades that went on yesterday. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, we'll, we'll be back at you. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and, of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an Internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to mark at markmcmillansports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. And we are back, and we're talking some NFL draft draft stuff here. And uh, uh, let's jump back into what we were talking about uh, on break, Gabe. We were talking about the teams trading down and gathering up picks. And, you know, my Broncos did it. They traded out of 25 to 31. They traded out of 31. Now they're at 36. Um, and it all, it all started with that first trade at three. It really did. I mean, it, Minnesota, I don't know how they did it, but they, they built up enough um, – Enough rumor to uh, yes. to make people to create competition for Trent Richardson because Cleveland wanted him and then Tampa was getting into the mix and so they kind of they forced Cleveland to jump up one spot they they were the next pick but to kind of beat Tampa to the punch to make sure that they could secure yep. their guy so they got you know an, an extra pick out of it which was uh, that was that was I th- I thought Minnesota's front office did a great job. And oh, yeah. and and that was that was brilliant. That yeah. was absolutely brilliant, you know. And then you know they Cleveland gets the the Trent Richardson, um, and now was there one more move up or did it go straight to? Well, they just flopped. Yeah, they just went down. So Matt Khalil, you can see just how bad Tampa wanted Trent Richardson because the moment Trent was take, you know Cleveland jumped up took him, they traded down. They traded with, down with Jacksonville, you know, and they got the heck out of that fifth spot. And allow Jacksonville to to come in and, and take Blackman, which which then um, in turn caused St. Louis to mm-hmm. trade out of their picks. Absolutely. Which uh, and, and as much as we've spoken before about uh, how it's nice to see teams trade down and, and collect some picks, um, it bit them in the butt a little bit. They could have used uh, a receiver, and so then missing out on Blackman. Yeah, I, I agree. Down to thirteen and miss out on Floyd. You know who who goes uh, you know who goes or trade down to fourteen and, and miss Floyd at, at the thirteenth spot to Arizona. Yeah, I, you know I didn't get that. I figured that when when Blackman went off the board, they were for sure going to go Michael Floyd. And when they traded out of that, I was really really surprised. 
Um, but I, I, I give it to Jacksonville. They know that they need a weapon down there because Mike Thomas is not a number one receiver. Oh, absolutely not. You and, know, and for them to have any chance um, with Gabbert, uh, they're going to have to give that kid some weapons. And, and they're not done taking offensive players. Um, no, no, not at all. But it's nice. At, at receiver. You know, it'll be nice to add him. And if you can get Mercedes Lewis to be healthy this year, right. I think you got a good start there. You put Mike Thomas back where he belongs. You know, and they have a couple other young receivers down there that just they haven't got into the mix yet. I right. I still personally I think that Jacksonville's problem is their quarterback. I said it last year before the draft. I said it during the season. I don't think that guy's a franchise quarterback. I, I watched I, him at Missouri. I'm I'm the same way. And you watch him play um, the eye level. To me, the biggest question with him is, is the eye. He's got the, the arm strength, um, the frame, the and, and everything, but the, the eye level. He, he seems too concerned with what's happening at his feet, what's happening yeah. um, two yards in front of him, instead of standing strong and, and going through his progressions. Granted, there's not a lot that's open, and granted, his offensive line isn't fantastic. Right. <laughs> um, but we've seen quarterbacks who um, you know will stand strong, will take the hits that they need, uh, for the purpose of of making their proper reads, and, and he just doesn't do that. No, not at all. But I think I think getting Justin Blackman there is that that was a great move by Jacksonville. Yeah. And it's funny because they kept talking about Jacksonville needs to move down. They need to trade down. They need to gather. No, they went they went the complete opposite way. Yeah. And so did pick number six. I think that that was the Cowboys knew who they wanted. <laughs> they stayed quiet, and they just waited, and then they went and got him. It was it was impressive to see them go up and and get what they needed. They needed the DB and and they got the top guy in the draft. Yeah, definitely. And I I I said this uh, all during the season. Claiborne is a better cover cornerback than Patrick Peterson. You know, oh, he may yeah, not be as physical, well, may not be as fast. Physical. I mean, Patrick's almost almost a safety. Yeah, yeah. But I I I thought that was a great move by Dallas because I think that was their number one need, and all all they did. Um, they don't have another pick for a while though. So, no, you know, they, they went and they got, you know, in my opinion, probably one of the top five players in the draft, you know, yeah. and then Tampa Bay moves down. They, that's where they select Mark Barron. Uh, it's funny because there were a lot of people that criticized them thinking that Barron, you know, that was a little bit too high. I thought that they were going to take, uh, take, uh, the linebacker from Boston college, uh, Luke, uh, Luke Coochley? Yeah, I thought Coochley, I thought they were going to take him right there because I think he would have fit in their system. So I was a little a lot surprised. Of were hot on Coochley. Uh, they were, the Chiefs were, I know the Seahawks were interested. Uh, his name was bouncing around a lot. It was, and, uh, and, and range. Carolina put an end to that. They're like, nope, we're going to take him. And I thought Carolina was actually going to take Fletcher Cox. We were talking about that on Twitter. Right. You know, so that, when, 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 uh, when Carolina picked him, I was surprised. Tampa Bay and Carolina surprised me. And, well, and you see Carolina go Coochley, and immediately you see the Eagles. The Eagles had always wanted Cox, and, and I'm sure they just couldn't believe that Cox was available. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so they, they did what they had to do to, to jump back in. Yeah, they did. And, you know, uh, we got the Dolphins ended up with Taney Hill. Uh, we all pretty much knew that. Good luck down right. in Miami, bro. Um, and then at 10... The Bills ended up taking a cornerback. Um, I I did not have Stephen Gilmore going at ten to the Bills at I all. I didn't. It, I didn't either. It's just uh, at this point in the NFL, you you need to have speed on the outside, and, and Gilmore just doesn't have it. I mean, he's 
He's a nice technician. He's physical. Uh, but, again, he's one of those guys that you can almost slide over uh, yeah. and make into a free safety. He's more of a free safety than he is a cornerback. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, – he can match up with some of the quicker guys in the NFL. Right, right, and I, I, I thought, I, I, I thought that the Bills would would possibly even go offensive line because their offensive line is not that good. Yeah, I thought you'd see absolutely. one of the guys picked there. Um, uh, the Chiefs went ahead and jumped on the Dontario Poe hype train, and yeah, that's all it is, it's hype. He, he's shown flashes of of talent, but he's never been never been consistent. So it'll be interesting if if uh, Romeo Cornell can. Uh, Kind of well, jump that, on him a little bit. Andy Reid and the Eagles couldn't have been more. They had to be jumping up and down when they announced Poe. Oh, backflip. I mean, you know, they they were they. I I, I liked Poe going in the first round, but I thought that smarter heads would prevail, and he'd you know he'd go a little bit. I thought Denver was going to have a shot at him at twenty five. I really did. <laughs> And I would have been happy with that at 25. But yeah, I, I mean, that, that's the right area for him, for his production. Yeah. You know, I, I, the Chiefs, you know what? They're 50-50 on their draft picks. Sometimes they hit it, and sometimes they don't. Oh Especially on the defensive line. They, they've had several defensive line picks uh, early in drafts, and, and a lot of them just haven't. They don't pan out. out, yeah, yeah. Now you know we're talking. We've been talking about Fletcher Cox. He went at twelve as the Eagles moved up to him. I, th- that's the best thing that defense could possibly do. Yeah, you know that's one of the things that they needed to do, which in turn let Michael Floyd. I I said that if Michael Floyd got past the Bills, because I thought they may still try and grab him, that the, mm-hmm. it was the Cardinals all the way, and I. The Cardinals, I know they need offensive linemen, and I know that they're not going to get another pick to the third round, but I just, Fitz needed somebody. You've seen for the last two seasons, he needed somebody, and I think that was the perfect receiver right there. And it really is. And and, uh, when they weren't able to land Manning and there was no other quarterback options, they needed to do not just protect Fitzy, but but give Cole um, as best of a chance as possible to succeed in that situation. And granted, I, obviously everybody wants to jump off the, the cold train, but again, let's remember, joined a new team coming up off the uh, the lockout. Really didn't have an offseason to learn to play the No, and, not and at all. Help, you know, and get together with his teammates. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can take steps forward this year and, you know, and adding a weapon like Floyd to open up the passing game uh you know, it'll be interesting if, if Cole can kind of live up to that potential that, that everybody sees in him. The, you know, this is kind of what I look at for the Cardinals. You know, you get a healthy Beanie Wells. You get a healthy Ryan Williams. That's a great one-two punch at running back. Yeah, it is. You know, you get, um, you know, you got Floyd on the other side. You get uh, Cole get, being able to work w- with these guys in the offseason. You know, here's what I see. I think the Cardinals are going to be better than they were last year. Yes, but they might have a worse record because of the division that they're in. Everybody in that division keeps getting better. The Niners yeah. took a big step up. You've got the Rams who uh, are poised to, to make a run, and, and Seattle. And see what happens today with with their three picks? They've got an opportunity to add a lot of talent to that team. Yeah, they have. They have an opportunity to make a complete change in the face of that team and what they Absolutely. can do. You know, and I like what St. Louis or uh, Seattle did in the off season. Yep. I mean, I looked at the Cardinals' schedule, and you know, my boy Kevin Phillips always gets on me because you know, I don't give the Cardinals enough credit. And it's not that I don't give enough credit. I'm just real about it. 
And he's like, we're 11 and 5, 11 and 5. And I'm like, man, you might lose five games in December. Yeah. You know, we talked about that last week. And I see them being a better team, but they may not, you know, they may not, the record may not show it. Right. And, you know, it's just a tough spot for them. But I, I think I, I think I think Cobb will be fine, and I think the off season will be good for him. So, we'll you know we'll kind of see you know where that leads to for the Cardinals. And we talked about you know Brockers going to the Rams. That's they did need that, but I thought I agree with you. They they could have improved their team other places. Those few you know, I, I think they jumped down just one too many spots. I think they yeah. got a little too cute with it. I, I like the fact you you missed out on Blackman. Fine. You trade down and, and you can get your other guy, Floyd. Well, they miss out on Floyd as well, so they yeah. end up settling. And they had to have known like, that Floyd was not one more time. Yeah, you know they had to have known Floyd was not getting past Arizona. Right. I mean, everybody knew. Twitter knew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every the the Cardinals had promised Larry Fitzgerald if Floyd was available that they would get him. Well, they went they went and got him, and it was it was a great pick. Uh, the probably the most surprising pick of the draft comes with Bruce Irvin for What's Seattle. That? The the guy the uh, the outside linebacker out of West Virginia. He's well, had a lot of know, off. At, at first, it was it was surprising, but uh, you know reports are coming out now that there's about three four other teams that uh, you know that were were ready to to pounce and, and trade up. So it, it you know for as much question as there was early on. Um, it, it seems like it was it was the right space for it. Well, they liken him to uh, the speed of a Von Miller, you know. And if you watch some of his film, man, he is quick off that edge. Yeah, you know, he's a little hey. bit small, about two hundred and forty pounds. I'm sure they'll bulk him up a little bit, but you know, I that's I I I thought that is that's where possibly Dante Hightower was going to end up going, you right. know, or or even Levante David. I thought he could get up that high. I'm. I I was shocked by the Irvin thing, but the more you you watch him, you you see why. You know he's he had the off the off the field problems that they you know they kept bringing up, but you know when you watch the films of him, you can see why he was there. Well, and and as soon as uh, as soon as he went, uh, I follow a lot of uh, the UFC recruiting insiders, um, and one of the guys was talking about how Pete Carroll always wanted him at SC, but Irwin Irvin was going to have the grades to get in, but he right. wanted him bad. So Pete's been aware of this kid for for a while, knows the potential. I like the way Pete follows up on things. He does. I mean, when it comes to recruiting and, and you know, he's... I mean, now he's that he's not a Trojan, I, I don't mind him. <laughs> so uh, the Jets were next. All the suspense. All the suspense going there. I thought maybe go Melvin Ingram right there. You and I talked about that on Twitter. But I don't think they went a bad route with uh, Quentin Couples either. No, not at all. Good value. Yeah, I think exactly. It's 16 great value. Um, the Bengals came in, and they picked up a defensive, a real defensive back. I know that they uh, picked up Jason Allen, and they had they re-signed Pac-Man Jones. But Drake Kirkpatrick, is, he's, he, he's a difference maker. You know, He's not a Maurice Claiborne. Right. But... He's not much far behind him, you know. I, I I like the way he played football at Alabama. Yeah, I like uh, yeah, a guy yeah, like him. He's he's as steady as they come. As a Bronco fan sitting at twenty five, you're just hoping anybody falls to you. So it was one of those situations where like, oh well, maybe Kirkpatrick will fall. Damn it, no, he didn't. Oh, maybe Melvin Ingram will fall. No, damn. then I just stopped paying it. And I was just like, Whatever. <laughs> you know, I liked the, the pick. Uh, Dan loved the pick for the Chargers. That that is a great pick. That is a great pick right there. Um, 
the Bears picked the outside linebacker Shane Shane McClellan or McKellen. Yeah, the kid from Boise State. Yes, uh, yes. I, no idea. Obviously, I did not watch a lot of games on Blue Turf, so. Um, and I, it sounded like he went right about where he should have, right. where people were expecting him to, but uh, uh, I don't see him as, as a world changer. I mean, no, uh, I, d- I definitely don't. Who's, who's going to come from a small school and, and, and blow it up. Well, so. to be honest, I thought that they might go offensive line and try and protect the people that has the ball for them. Yeah, I you know I thought maybe that might be an area where you know that was a perfect area because there were still good, you know there had been only one offensive lineman taken up to that point. I really thought that they were going to go there. Um, the Titans were next. They picked uh, Kendall Wright. I like the pick for them. I think RG three made Kendall Wright a first round draft pick at Baylor. So yes, yes but I mean Kendall definitely still has still has the talent. I mean, and he's got the speed. He'll be a great and, slot. And he's, he's a playmaker. You know, and, and, and I think he went in the right spot. He's not the playmaker who's going to be, uh, you know, a game changer who, who needs to go in the top five, top ten area. Um, but, you know, I definitely worthy of, of a first-round selection, I think. I, I definitely think first-round. And I think if you, you pair him with Kenny Britt, that, that's going to give Jake Locker some people to throw to right there, you know, on, yeah. on top of Jared Cook. And I think Nate Washington's still there. So um, I don't know why. I always like to see the Titans do good. I don't know. It's just I, ever since Eddie George was there, you know, I like to see them do good, and, and you know, so hopefully this will get that team going and you know spread things out for Chris Johnson a little bit. So yeah. um, then the Patriots, you know, we'll we'll save the Patriots till we come back from from break here in a minute. But okay. they did things that they don't ever do. I mean, they always trade out of their picks. They never trade up for their picks. Yeah, and you know that really. That really kind of surprised me, but I, I like what Bilicek did in it's this about spot. Time. It's about time that they actually move up and knock down and, and actually get a premier player. They needed it. Yeah, they, they really did, and I think – I personally think that they did the best job out of anybody in the first round. You know, and pick, picking up Chandler Jones, I think that that was – I think that was huge right there. They needed that player, and it yeah. was perfect. So – yeah. You know, I'm not a Patriots fan, but man, they are mouthy. <laughs> they're all my boy Brian <laughs> they're, they're, they're T. Chatterheads, they're, they're Boston people. Oh, man. They do. He, my boy Brian, is like, well, they don't even need to make another pick. We're going back to the Super Bowl. Oh, and I'm like, come on, man, come on, man. Well, you know, I will tell you this: those two picks probably keep the Patriots right where they're at in the, you know, in the in the first place in the NFC East or AFC East because I don't I just I don't think anybody can touch them but we are going to take a break right now and when we come back we're going to finish up with the drafts talk and uh, you are listening to Hard Hitting Radio and you're listening to Jay and Gabe Your internet flagship station for sports America Sports. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to Mark at MarkMcMillanSports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. And you're back with J&G right now on Hard Hitting Radio. Uh, we're just talking about the Patriots and uh, they're moving up and getting Chandler Jones. Uh, a lot of people at the end of that draft wanted Chandler Jones. And oh, yeah. Bill Belichick basically said, none of you are getting him. And <laughs> they, they, he went up and got That's the player they wanted, and they went up and got him. Hey, if, if that guy stays healthy all season, He's got the potential to be a top 10, top 12 pick. I, I agree. I 100% agree with that. I mean, the film on this guy is just, I mean, and he moves. He it's moves good. Watch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I know it was a knee injury, um, but he finished well. He finished the senior season real well. Um, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting if he can kind of carry that through. Um, but, you know, again, to, to see the Patriots move up was uh, – I'm sure very refreshing for everybody. Uh, yeah, all the people. Yeah, yeah, they they loved they loved it. So, and here was my que- here was my head scratcher pick. <laughs> Brandon Whedon going 22 in the draft to the Browns. Now I understand not necessarily that he went to the Browns, and I understand if you got Colt McCoy as your quarterback, you're a little bit. Eh. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. 22. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. I can understand clear. The, the situation he's going to completely understand it. Colt McCoy, to me, isn't isn't hasn't proven himself to be a, a guy that you can say he's our franchise guy. Absolutely not. Yeah. Quarterback situation anymore. He's not there yet. Um, but to take him twenty second in the first round, I mean, I, I could have seen you, you maybe trade up today 
and you got a mid. Yeah, yeah, I totally. I think I think that they could have done that, and what they could have done at that spot is that's where you draft Hill out of Georgia Tech or one of the other receivers because yeah. it doesn't matter who's quarterback there. They don't have anybody to throw to. I know or, they or draft- you had the, the great value in, in uh, DeCastro. DeCastro was yeah. available, and you go and you, and you protect your quarterback. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Whedon is practically 29 years old. Yes. His developmental curve um, is just about done. He's just about peaked as a player. Um so you know, I look not at it get much better than he is right now. Yeah, I mean, I look at it when you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, you're planning on that dude being your franchise. Yes. I mean, how how long is he even going to you know play football? You know, they they I don't know. I just don't think it was the right move for them. They definitely could have got him on the second day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my head scratcher pick. Yeah, um, right guy, wrong time. Yeah, def- definitely. Uh, Lions, perfect pick for them. Definitely. I do. I actually thought that Riley could go as high as the Bills. You know, yeah. that's that's kind of where I had him going. You w- you wouldn't have questioned it if Buffalo took him. I mean, no, Buffalo, not at all. Ever since Buffalo lost Jason Peters to to Philly in in that trade, uh, they haven't really had uh, you know a reliable lineman in there. So you would have totally completely understood if they went out and, and got Riley, and, and it wouldn't have been that much of a stretch. Yeah, and I think that's a great great move for the Lions. I like. I, I thought the Steelers, I thought for sure they were going to go Donta Hightower, but they went that offensive line, and they picked a Castro, and I like that pick for Pittsburgh. Another another really good, safe, strong pick by the Steelers. They just don't overthink the process. They just go out and recognize what best value is, and, and, you know, and they draft another guy who's going to play in the NFL for 10, 11 years. Yep. Yep, and then here you have the Patriots coming again, trading up once again. I mean, get I I mean I think getting Hightower at twenty five is a steal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you know him him in there with 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 Jones. Yeah. I you just you can't get any better than those two picks. Yeah. Um. Then we then we came down to uh, the Texans. Uh, Whitney Marcellus is who it was, right? And yeah, yeah, and. And not very much excitement out of Houston. They had they they were showing the Houston people at the uh, at, at the dome, and uh, they didn't seem very excited about that pick. I wasn't well, excited about it. So the highlights they keep showing are, are from that bowl game against UCLA. You uh, yeah, that UCLA uh, was not a very good team. I mean, no. Whitney owes owes a couple checks. <laughs> um, for Westwood, California, because because uh, they got him taken this high. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And then uh, the Bengals came back with their second pick. Uh, they they took Zeitner, and I like that pick. You yeah, know, they need a good, safe pick, a necessary pick. Um, nothing wrong with it. Uh, the Packers come by and pick Nick Perry. Not Which very is a great pick. Yeah, I, I mean, not very exciting, not very, but it's a perfect fit for that team. Yes, you know. I, and you see, you see in the way Clay Matthews has, has uh, taken off in uh, in that Packers defense, and you can expect, you know, Nick Perry, you know, both SC guys, you know, they're going to be the tandems on the outside. That'll be really fun to watch. Well, the one thing that I've learned about the Packers is if they draft somebody, chances are they're going to be good because they mm-hmm. have one of the best scouting programs in all of NFL. Absolutely. You know, so I know I know the Hallisey's pretty happy about that. Um, the Vikings ended up they they went out and their other pick was uh, Harrison Smith. I like that pick. I I think yeah. you know he's a good safety. I think he fits up there really well. 
Um, they could have went. Uh, they could have went one of the. I, I thought maybe that they might go with Janorius Jenkins right there. I thought they might reach a little bit on it, but I thought that was a good pick. Um, yeah. Speaking of Jenkins, let's quickly talk about oh, Nora Jenkins. Dear. I thought drafting a receiver. I didn't see receiver here. I I did. It had been the talk. Um, even after the, and I'm a 49ers fan, so I'm going to throw Wee's out there, so be prepared. Um, after we <laughs> signed Randy Moss, Mario Manningham, um, and had Crabtree coming back, there was still talk from Harbaugh in the front office that, that they wanted to shore up um, the receiver crew. Um, and at the end of the first round, there was, uh, it looked like there would be several good value guys yeah. uh, still left on the board. Uh, was AJ Jenkins one of them? No. No. Um, I went, I went through, uh, through mock drafts. I, I got a buddy in New York and, you know, college buddy and, and we, you know, break down the, the Niners draft thoroughly, you know, first round values, guys who might slip into the second, third, fourth round guys, good value guys. Uh, at no point, at zero point did we ever come up with the name AJ Jenkins. No, I don't, that I don't, nowhere. I don't think anybody did. And with the receivers that are still on the board, I mean, I like, I like Brian Quick. I like Hill. I like Ruben Randall. You know, I mean, yeah. what, what, what direction would you have liked to seen them go with that pick? I would have liked to see them trade down, possibly. I mean, I, I keep saying that, but, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to take an AJ Jenkins, you know, in, in all the reviews they kept reading, you know, everybody said AJ Jenkins might be a, a decent value in the third round. You know, and, and here we are taking the thirtieth pick on him. Yeah. Either you trade down, you, you get one of the one of the linemen. Um, you know, there was a tight end from Stanford. There was a lot of good players, and and if you're going to go receiver, you've got Hill. You could you could reach and, and take Alshon Jeffrey based on potential. I know there's questions about him, but you know there was so many pieces out there, right. and. Uh, you know, this, it, it, as a Niner fan, it was very, very disappointing. Yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can definitely see that. And we came, we came now at thirty-one. Here's where it got disappointing for me. We, we were at twenty-five. We traded down to thirty-one. So I'm like, okay, cool. We got, we got some people we can get there. And, and by the way, the twenty-five pick was Dante Hightower. I totally would have taken him on the Broncos. <laughs> and you know, I would have also taken Harrison Smith. We just lost Doc to retirement. You know, get somebody in there. So we get down to 31. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, there's maybe we'll take Cordy Glenn. Maybe we'll get Hill. Maybe, you know, maybe we go after Doug Martin because we do need that running back. No, we trade it to Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay takes Doug Martin, who I think probably definitely the second best running back in the draft. Oh, yeah. But I didn't think he'd go in the first round. You know, he reminds you a little bit. He's kind of like a, a Ray Rice in in sorts, and now you got Greg Schiano who used to co- who coached Ray Rice at, at Rutgers yes. there. So I mean that that's the type of player you might see Doug Martin become there. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's a great situation for Martin. I think it's a great pick, and then the Giants come in there, and then they grab. You know, you're at 32. What what does that team need? Eh, I mean, they they went out and they got themselves another running back to go with uh, to go with Bradshaw. You know, David Wilson out of Virginia Tech. I never, and I said this on the show, one running back goes in the first round, the other ones go in the second round. I never thought that that was going to happen, but, you know, and and that's how you round the first round out. Um, Coming up here, actually, in about five minutes, the second round is going to start, and we'll be off the air by then, but I think that the Rams, with that first pick, 
are probably going to go wide receiver. I could see them uh, maybe Ruben Randall out of LSU. And then I think that this second round is going to be just as crazy as the first round. My Broncos. You're going to see a lot of movement, a lot of teams coming up, bouncing down. Yep. Um, it, it'll be a flurry of trades, definitely. You know, and I'm not, I'm not disappointed in my Broncos. I mean, we have two second rounds, a third round, and three fourth rounds. All right, I'm cool with that. Give me at least one first-round pick. I mean, <laughs> I understand the guys that they – John is staying true to the to his draft board, and he realized that the guys that he had on his draft board at 25 are still going to be available at 36. All right, I'm, I'm for getting a couple extra picks. But, man, that 25, uh, I would like to see Dante Hightower on the team. Give me Harrison Smith. Give me Doug Martin. But we'll see what they do. I think their second pick – in the second round is going to be Brock Osweiler. That's what I really think it's going to be. Um, I don't see – I thought they might go running back. Maybe not that high. Lamar Miller's – is Lamar – yeah, Lamar Miller's yeah, Lamar the, only Miller run, the only running back left. Back. And he may be gone by 36. So, you know, maybe they'll grab Cordy Glenn. Who knows? It was crazy, though. I was tired after the draft. I felt like I was in the draft. My, my phone died. It did. Continually. Oh, is that that why you disappeared? It, yeah. If, okay. If you follow if you follow Schefter and and I have and I follow Schefter on Twitter, um, and I have tweets coming with a bonus text message with as much as he was tweeting with all the trades. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On. I mean, it was, he killed it. He killed my phone. Yeah, that's all right. It's Chef. He can do what he wants. <laughs> so Gabe, good having you fill in on the show. No, absolutely. My I pleasure. like it. Love I have fun. It's, it's kind of nice. You can do it from your office, huh? That uh, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll be able to find, if you're in Arizona, uh, you'll be able to find me and Gabe tonight in Scottsdale at Wild Night Club. We'll be there. John Dahlback is going to be the DJ and the entertainment there. Um, Absolutely. One of the top uh, deep house, electro house DJs in the world, really. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it it's... It should be a, a really good show. It's going to be what, it's gonna be great, great music. And then what's what's going on there tomorrow night? And tomorrow night, you know, just Wild Night doing what Wild Night doing. Noah Wiley, Noah got Wiley our, right? A resident DJ, Noah Wiley, in there. And, you know, uh, what I think is, is actually Noah Wiley being one of the uh, the, the top uh, Arizona DJs. I, I agree. I like I like Noah a I lot. Noah. Um, Saturday I'll be at the grand opening of the New Monarch Theater downtown. Um, that's, that's it for my weekend, and I'm just relaxing. Finally, nothing to do. Get off that But, uh, yeah, yeah got to do that too but you know what i don't know if mark's going to be back next week if mark's not really? back next week you know jump in we'll do it and we can row. we can recap the rest of the draft there's, there's a lot there's a lot of Absolutely. things to talk you got about. nba playoffs coming up there's, yes there's we do quick quick prediction do you got one for me who's going to be in the finals uh it'll be the thunder and the heat thunder and the heat yeah. i am not making my prediction yet but i do think it's going to be the thunder i want to say the bulls I, I do too, but uh, at, at the end of the day, I, I think the the big three, as much as yep. as we all despise them, I think uh, they'll step up. There you go, folks. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio on VoiceAmerica.com, and I will be back next week. Gabe might be back next week. We don't know where Mac's going to be. It's hard telling. B and E, we miss you in studio. Thanks, you guys. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hit us.
We some hard hitters. That's another show. Thanks again for joining Mark McMillan and Byron Evans for Hard Hitting Radio. Come back and we'll do it again next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Put them up, tighten up. We some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans. We give you for peace in the tone and every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving. If you sports and feeling, we're bringing the cutting edge. Show them how it's done. We're on. Voice America Sports.com.